Let's, let's pray and ask God to honor our time this morning. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. You're so good to us. And we thank you for all the things that you, you bestow on us that, that we don't deserve. We don't deserve this church. We don't deserve, Lord, uh, your, your blessings. We don't deserve the food we ate today. We don't deserve the company of one another. All of it, Father, is a gift from you. Every guy here is a gift from you. Uh, every story we have is, is a gift from you. And we all have stories. Thank you, Lord, for, for Tori's story this morning. Thank you for what he's going to share with us and from his heart about his life, about his life um, journey to this point. And I just pray to God that this will be an opportunity to encourage him, to lift him up, um, to allow him, Father, to see that you are really a good God. And he's sharing that with us today. We all know it. We all believe it. But, Lord, just to renew our hearts once again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, I'm going to say this, this guy right here is a great guy. Um, I haven't known him very long, but he's a, you guys know him. I respect him, seriously. And uh, as we go forward, you'll understand how important respect is where I come from. All right? Um, it's very important to also understand and to know that after I get done speaking, you guys may see, some, see me a little bit different. It might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. But I'm going to warn you that if you're not, we're all men, but if you're not, if you have a, um, any kind of softness of heart as far as you can't take heavy stuff, uh, you might want to put your earbuds in, you know what I mean? So we'll start out with something else. We'll start out with a little thing. He was talking about the Eagles. I got a chance to uh, talk to a guy at work. Guy at work, Eagles were, I think, in the playoffs or something like that. I don't watch football, guys. I know I'm a big dude and all of that, but I got my <laughs> legs clipped when I was younger playing Pop Warner. I hate football. Mm -hmm. I, hate, I hate it. But something interesting came up. They, they were in the lunchroom. They were talking. They said, hey, uh, the Eagles going to make it. The Eagles going to make it. And other guys like, I don't know. And these are, all, these are all Eagles fans. I said, man, didn't one of them, aren't they like having Bible studies now and, and baptisms and this stuff is going all over the news and all of that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to make it. And sure enough, <laughs> they made because I noticed something, and I've always been a visionary since I was little. I noticed something. Anytime the eye is on this one particular thing or person or whatever, God can use that. And from my understanding, I don't know, but the Eagles wasn't, wasn't winning no Super Bowls for the last, what, 10, 15 years, something like that? So I was like, forever. I was like, man, I was like, man, they, they gonna do something. If they're doing all of this and the news cameras are on them, God's gonna use that. And that's exactly what happened. I came into work. Dude was like, man, I'm glad we didn't bet you and you know, all of that stuff. Uh, just that was just a little thing to lighten the mood. So now let's get into the heavy stuff. Um, go ahead and oh okay, I can do it on. Excuse me. Let's click here. I'm gonna show you something. Um, just keep an open mind, an open heart, and understand, and I'll explain these pictures to you, okay? It's a lie. Can everybody hear? You're living a lie. A little louder. Yeah, okay. Yo, I feel like an alien in my own. 
Every Playboy Bunny body. That means a murder. Every Playboy Bunny that you see on these guys' arms, faces, backs, that's somebody that killed. That's work they put in for the set. This is my artwork. This is where I come from, so this is what I draw. Me expressing what I've learned. You can't see him, he has a really big one on his back. That means he killed three people at one time or more. His whole chest is covered. I didn't have any pictures of him. That's the guy that put me on, and I'll explain that later. That's my hood. That's my big brother right here. This is me just expressing myself. A letter from my friend, my brother doing 40 years in the feds right now. He says he's proud of me. He want me to uplift myself as well as others. He's proud of me for standing 10 toes down. I'll explain that. Okay, we'll go from here. Understand something that when you're young and um, easily influenced, you're no father in the home. That was huge. Uh, I sent a letter to the Grace Point guys, uh, I mean the uh, Men's Retreat guys. Uh, I don't know if everybody that was at the Men's Retreat got it, but I experienced something at this particular, at this one and the one I went to, this was my second one I just went to. And uh, both of them were awesome, but this one in particular, it was something about the love of God that I felt. Like, where I come from, we would look at people like you as outsiders. People who don't understand, don't care. That's, so my first Grace Point Men's Retreat I kind of went in with that preconceived notion, like that's what I thought. Like I go in, I'm just here to worship God because I'm thinking nobody's going to want to pray with me, except Bob, this is my guy, this is my guy. But nobody's going to want to pray with me, nobody's going to want to, you know, be around me, talk to me, but it was totally opposite, totally opposite. Just shocked me, honestly, just shocked me. And it opened my heart. So the second one I went to, it really felt like a family. <clears throat> And the importance of family is, is where I come from, those guys I showed you pictures of, those Playboy bunnies on there, I'm from Playboy Gangsta Crip. That's, that, that was my set. I'm, I'm from Christ now, but that was where I come from. It's called Playboy Gangsta Crip. It was started in 1972. 
OG Jesse James. I still talk to him to this day on the phone. He's a pastor now in uh, California. Um, it, 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 we didn't have fathers. We didn't have brothers. We didn't have, and our mothers were usually either working all the time so they couldn't watch us. They were sick or they were on drugs or prostitution. That's like the norm. That, that's, that's what it is. That's just what it is, man. So what we would do is we would go out, sneak out, just go out, whatever, and we would link up as kids. Eight years old, uh, nine, that was about the average age of sneaking out. And we don't have father figures or anything, so we're just getting into trouble, just doing stuff together, riding bikes, uh, stealing bikes, you know, anything that we thought would be exciting or fun. And movies did not help. Because movies, I'm in the entertainment, I like comic books and stuff now, and I draw, because I like to draw out my scripts. I like to write stories and draw them out. I want to change from the inside what movies are doing right now. They're polluting us, period. I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. I watch my own stuff. I write and draw my own artwork. That's my entertainment. If I need it, that's my work. We used to sneak out, get together, and just do nonsense. Just nonsense. And what happens is, is when you're doing nonsense together, it's exciting. It's, sometimes you get caught, you go to juvenile detention, or you go to, you know, whatever. You get put on punishment by your mom, whatever the case may be. But we call those hardships, and we, we link together. So we become friends, brothers, going through hardships together. And then once that happens, what we do is, is Growing up, going to school, everything. If you fought, I fought. My generation, you know, OG Jesse James, he's old. They believe in knuckling up. My generation, nah. I was taking guns to school at 10 years old. Just being real. I had a little 22, a little six shot. I was daring some, and I was a big guy. But I wasn't about to play games with you. That wasn't. You know, what I saw is you had a problem, you handled it with a gun. You got rid of the guy, get away. That, that, that's just how it go. So as we get older and we're going to school and we're getting into these problems and we go through middle school and whatever, if someone dies, if someone gets killed, now it becomes a gang thing. It turns into a gang thing because I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I don't have anybody, I didn't have anybody to teach me how to channel that anger or calm down. I didn't have anybody to do that. So what I did was is I, I'm, I'm enraged and I want to unleash it on the person who wronged me. And that's how that works. So what happens after that is they retaliate. Then we retaliate back and it becomes an ongoing thing. The oldest war in America is Crips in the Bloods. Gangs. That's the oldest war in America. It's been going on since 69. 1969. It's been going on. Back and forth, back and forth. And I, I'm from Oklahoma City. So understand, we didn't have anything else to do anyway. <laughs> Oklahoma City has nothing. I mean, it's, it's kind of popping now. I, I actually, when I got out of prison, I was in Oklahoma City and got a chance to go out and go to downtown. It's nice. It's nice. But it wasn't like that when I was younger. So we're gangbanging. That was our thing. 
sell drugs, gangbang, sell drugs, gangbang, sell drugs, gangbang. So when we begin to retaliate, it becomes a militarized zone. Our neighborhoods become our headquarters. Our neighborhoods become our headquarters. We actually go out and we practice how to shoot. We learn how to, I don't know about the wind trajectory, that, that's a little too much, but we, we, we learn how to aim. We learn how to breathe. We learn how to run. We learn how to hide. We learn these things. We learn how to supply the ammunition or the, the, the vehicles that we need. Uh, you can get a car for what, 100 bucks, easy, dish the car, set it on fire, destroy all evidence, whatever the case may be. You feel me? So when this becomes a militarized zone, now we have to fund it, so we start selling crack. Now, where I come in is, I was young, I didn't have a father. <clears throat> That's huge. So those of you with children, I commend you. Like, yo, it, it's so important, it's so important to just make sure that you're there. I was talking to a young lady last night. Last night, her son's from Camden, or her, her son's father's from Camden, and he lives with her, but he goes to see his father, and his father's not really there because he's always working, so the kid's just out in Camden. Now, I'm not from here, so I don't know Camden like that, but she said he's getting involved with gangs. She's starting to see signs that he's getting involved with gangs. And I do know from my experiences, I used to go to Trenton and kind of talk to my, my guys out there that are gang members, you know, just to try and reel them in. And I know that that's a problem if he's showing signs. So I'm talking to her, and it becomes a... Um, it becomes a, uh, a conversation more about her than it is about him. So as parents, yo, be there. Seriously, be there. Watch out for this stuff, be there. Because let's say you guys might not have that problem out here in Newtown or whatever. But guess what your kids are doing, or not, but guess what they might be doing when you're not looking? They're getting involved with guys like I used to be. It's exciting. I'll be honest, the, the life is addictive. It is very addictive. Mike Jenny, when you were, when, when we were just talking and I asked you that question, what, what, how much would you say you were spending on mortgage, mortgage bills and stuff like that a month? Yeah, we were saying like 10, I was making double that. I was making double that selling crap, killing my people, making double that. That was, I'd blow that on my teeth. I'd get gold teeth with diamonds in it just to look good. Mm. Seriously, that was, that was my life, and, and it's very addictive. I struggle with it to this day. I can make one phone call right now and get 20 pounds of marijuana sent up here to me because of things I did in prison and the guys that I know. Mm. They love me, but I choose not to because God has blessed me this far. I know he's going to carry me the rest of the way. Yeah, so just want to cut to a little bit more to chase. Understand that. This right here, this comes from a need. This comes from a need. Like these, these guys out here, they're, they're, they're rushing to um, be just, they're rushing to be loved. They're rushing to be loved, man. So I ended up wanting to be loved. I wanted to do more so they would love me. 
I'm looking up to my cousins. My cousins were OG. All those guys you saw are my cousins. Those are actually like blood relatives. Those are my family. I love them to death. They love me. I still talk to every last one of them to this day, and most of them, all of them are locked up right now. Some of them have cell phones. Some of them I call, you know, from, uh, what's in that? I mean, I'll email. But I wanted to be like them, so I ended up going to prison. I go in prison. Uh, the reason I went to prison, there was a, a federal witness. He gave my cousin 30 years. Um, there's a stuff called SHRM. I don't know if anybody knows what it is. PCP, embalming fluid, mixed with a few other chemicals. You smoke it, and it, it like sends you to another world, but you have no feelings. You have no feelings at all. Like, you can kill anything or anyone, or you can do any action and have no remorse at all. And I, I have a conscience, I've always had one, so I needed that. My mom said, just passed. This is a hard month for me right now, so when I was putting this together, I cried so many times, because she believed in me to be something better than what I was showing her when she passed. I go to prison, <clears throat> while I'm in there, uh, I decided that I was gonna be the biggest, baddest, whatever. I used to be a real fat, real big, round guy. Um, so I was obviously a, a, a shooter. Uh, when you get in there, there are no guns. So I started working out, and I actually grew some status. Like when younger guys from my neighborhood come in, they fall under me. And I began to be the guy who, hey man, okay, he owes us money, you know, he does this, he does that. Uh, go and get that guy. or. Hey man, y'all, you know, that was me. I was in the hole one day. Uh, I had got a letter from one of my bros. I was in the hole and uh, I had a vision of myself being murdered. Now, I've had those visions before, but I've never actually died. But this time, everything, I felt the knife, it was a prison murder. I felt the knife come through my chest from my back. And I laid down, I rolled over, and I could see the person who did it, and it was a familiar face, someone I trusted. And when I woke up, man, I wanted to change. I, just, I wanted something else. I, I, I didn't want religion, because there's a, there's a thing called um, jailhouse religion that a lot of people, you know, hey, oh, he goes to jail, he's, man, I'll be honest with you. Don't do that to people. Don't do that. Because when you're going through that, that kind of trauma, only thing you can look for or look to is up. So if the person comes out of prison and he's dead set on Christ, encourage that brother. Encourage that brother because that brother is about to go through some things he's never experienced before. Mike Jen can tell you, look, I didn't have a job before I went to prison. And coming out of prison, because their jobs in there are bull crap, excuse my language, but coming out of prison to go to a real job where you have responsibilities, you got to be there on time, you got to do a good job, get paid, you know, you got, you know what I'm saying, your attendance has to be right. Man, what? You know, once again, it's tempting to go back to that life. Um, while I was in there, I began to educate myself. Uh, they had a college program. I began to take college courses. I actually got my associates in business. Uh, graduated. I began to learn. I taught myself to draw. 
while I was in there. It's interesting. Um, I didn't know I had the skill. I didn't care if I had the skill. But I began to distance myself from these guys. I began to distance myself. Uh, but they, they, they weren't upset about it. I, I've done enough what we call putting in work. I've done enough to uh, distance myself and everybody be okay with it. They were good. As you can see, I have letters coming from my guys and everything. Um, but I didn't want Christ. I didn't want religion. The Muslims were on me real tough because inside, a lot of times, uh, the Muslims don't practice the religion correctly. Um, and that's not all of them, but a lot of times they don't. It becomes more like a gang. So they knew that I was a militant guy at one point. And I think that's why they were kind of trying to recruit me. So I didn't want that. I didn't want any religion. I just wanted to get away from that lifestyle and start something new. Um, when I came home, a uh, buddy of mine, my aunt, she came to see me one day and she said, your gift, she said, your artwork's beautiful, your gift will make a way for you. I was supposed to go do three more years in the state prison because I was in feds. I was supposed to go do three more years in state prison for assault and battery on a guard. Uh, kind of messed him up pretty bad. He pressed charges. I got three more years added to my sentence. But by the grace of God, my celly got out first, and he put 10000 on a lawyer to bring me home because he seen my artwork, and he said, you need to be out here doing that. To this day, I go to see him. He named his daughter after me. We... We built a bond. That's my brother now. Through the hardships, I was in riots. Um, I was working out. God tried to kill me. Uh, I've been stabbed. I've been shot. I've been through a lot, man. I've seen a guy murdered, and he was supposed to go home the next day over a microwave. Over a microwave. come home, still don't want nothing to do with God. But I did say they threw me in a holdings tank because the paperwork wasn't right. They threw me in a holding tank in the county jail. I thought I was going home. They ended up sending me in a holding tank. And inside the holding tank, the, uh, the, the guard was doing the paperwork to ship me to the state prison. And uh, <clears throat> I said, God. Now, I was trying to prepare myself because I had changed quite a bit, but I was still like known, so I was talking to a guy trying to prepare myself to go to state prison where it's a lot more um, gang, you know, state prison. It's a lot more gang uh, clashing going on in state prison. And uh, they ended up opening the door. I said, God, if you let me out of this one, I'll serve you. God opens up the door, man, the guard. He opens up the door, he says, you're not supposed to be here. Get out. Get your stuff. Get out. I still didn't serve God after that. Mm -hmm. I come home. I'm looking for a job. Can't find one. Uh, I, I meet a guy in a Dunkin' Donuts. And he, uh, he prays for me. The next day, I get a job. <laughs> I get a job. 
I knew God was real after that. I knew God was real after that. So I say, I say that to say this. Um, you brothers, the love that you guys have shown me have opened my eyes. Me and Bob, we've been talking for, what, a year now? Hanging out? Year and a half. Bob, Bob's a good guy. I don't know how quiet he is around you guys or whatever. Bob, Bob, Bob is something else. Bob is a good guy. But I have a vision that I share with him often. Um, it's very important for you guys who understand uh, a certain way of life. You grew up in a way of life, work hard, take care of your family, things like that. Things that are foreign to my pre my way my old way of life that's foreign we don't i don't we didn't understand that you know uh it's important for you guys to understand that there's a gap there that needs to be bridged there's a gap there that need, i'm not telling you to do like bob do bob's inviting me to his house and his wife we have dinner often you know this is my god i'm not telling you to do that but what i'm telling you to do is at least pray hard for the streets. Because mm. I had a kid about to come to Christ, man. Mm. And he got killed at a gas station. That was the last time I went ministering in Trenton, uh, New Jersey. <clears throat> um, it's, it's real. This stuff is real. And you don't see it, some of you, you don't see it, but it's real. It's very real. And lives are being lost constantly because of an anger issue and lack of love and just like the song said Christ's love is unity is is what is the real unity Christ's love is the real unity and if you guys represent Christ understand that if you, all you can do is pray you're obligated to do that you're obligated to do that because this world has a lot that needs done. I know we, we help out Syria and uh, what's up, you know, we always, you know, you know the little pet commercials with the, you know, save a dog, I, I understand that. I get you, I get you. No, I really do, because I have two cats, I love them. I get you. But at the same time, there's like literally lives being lost over here in, uh, what, what was it, three murders? last night in Northeast Philly, two murders, something like that. You know, anything you guys are doing, I thank you for it. It's awesome. You guys are amazing for that. Uh, if you believe in your heart that you can do more, uh, minister, Bible study, you know, whatever the case may be, put something together. I think Mike Jen has a build a something project where you go help build stuff. Like, yo, take part. But most of all, that men's retreat, Start sponsoring these guys. Sponsor some people to come on in because that really helped me. That really helped me. It pushed me to another level. It pushed me to another level. So I'm going to promote that men's retreat and start going if you don't go. Um, last, I, last um, I just want to explain one more thing. You guys need to understand that. Brothers, to me, means everything. That means everything. So the same way that I would lay down my life for these guys, that's how I feel about all of you. I don't know if you believe it. It doesn't matter. It's the truth. 
If something happened and you guys needed me, I'd be there. I'd be there. So if you're not taking this walk seriously, start. Start. Because lives are being lost. And people like me who don't understand the world you guys come from need to know that, yo, that's love over here. Because we're looking for a safe haven. We're looking for that. But no matter how hard they are, no matter how hard the guy with the big Playboy bunny on his back, I was talking to him last night on his phone. He's doing life without. He killed, some, he killed a lot of people, but he's changed. He's actually a great guy. Hard to believe, but he's a great individual. He helps out kids now. Every Thursday, he goes out to scare kids into not joining gangs and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just amazing. You know, the guy is serious about this. Um, just remember that that brother thing is real. And Christ said we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're not taking it seriously, start. Because you, you don't know what you're missing and you don't know what you're enabling to happen. Go ahead and um, just pray and keep your head on straight. Keep doing what you're doing, but just keep in mind, we need you. Straight up, we need you. We need this, 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 this congregation, this, this meetup of a brotherly love and everything, we need you, you know. Uh, I'm going to play one more thing for you here in a second, but are there any questions or anything like that? Uh, no? What's up? How, how do you maintain the, the resistance of, of, of your temptation? I know you have your faith in, in Christ, but I'm, I'm sure that temptation comes past your, your, your eyes every day. How, 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 how do you, 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 you man up? Truthfully, truthfully, when I was locked up, we used to work out hard. And during the workout, uh, the guy who got me out of prison, my bro, he, he, he used to tell us, this is how life's going to be. Because, you know, you get, if you're serious about working out, you get to a point where you're just like, man, I give up. If you're, you know, going really hard at it. And he said, man, this is how life's going to be. And I always remember that. And it just makes me want to press harder and become better and become better. Um, I will be honest, there have been occasions where I've considered, I've honestly considered, but God stilled my heart and I was able to uh, get out of the situation. So I have not partaken, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's a matter of will. Uh, Christ and empowers me but at the same time it's a matter of will like I just I refuse to go back to that I refuse to lose I refuse to sell drugs again I just refuse uh, once I began to learn what it does uh, so it's, it's mainly will just will out uh, and it's it's re recharged by God so uh, and Bob and Bob Bob, Bob makes sure Bob makes sure. Bob's like Bob's like man call me call me if you have any thoughts give me a call and that's, that's real that's that's brotherly love though that's what I'm talking about and I'm not saying yo go out to the hood because it's not safe 
But I, I am saying, <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> seriously, I'm not saying do that, even amongst each other. You know, like, hey, man, this brother right here is having a problem. So when you shake his hand Sunday morning and you say, hey, how you doing? Mean it. Mean that. Mean. How, like, see, every time I say secrets, I think it's going to fall off. <laughs> but I feel that. I love it. And sometimes, to be completely honest, man, I'm like, this is what a man's handshake feels like. True. That's awesome. Cause I I didn't know I didn't know that. Where I come from, we shake like this, because we really don't trust each other. Where I come from. So when I shake his hand, it, I feel that. Um you had a question, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I I was just when you were talking about uh, your people don't when about uh, religion, and you know, you, you say, well, we don't want religion. Basically, in that in that atmosphere, people say they don't want religion. But how? What? What is their conversation about when they hear God and God loves, or or you know, I mean, there's just a hatred between the individuals because of you know, I don't know, I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not sure. I really. When you were talking earlier, you said uh, about. Uh, you don't want to hear religion. You're saying in prison. Yeah, okay. prison about religion or anything, yeah. and so, and so, you know, like, uh, what's the conversation about? You okay. know, when you have the religion, you. Yeah. you know, the separation between religion, God, and whatever else it is that that conversation is about. Yeah. Um, inside, I can't really speak for other races. Right. Because you know they're separated. Yeah. Uh, but as far as a lot of the African Americans, the blacks, you, the conversation goes into black empowerment. As far as um, it's believed, I agree so somewhat that it's prison is a, a form of slavery. Mm -hmm. um, you know, once slavery was abolished, they had to do something to keep people working and you know stuff like that. I do believe that some charges, some charges, are trumped up to get people into prison. Uh, I do believe prison is a commodity that can be traded. Uh, I'm not sure, but I have to research that. But most of the time, it, it, that, that comes from the Bible, let's say, being a lot of blacks go Muslim because they believe that the Bible is a way to control. Because back in slavery days, they oftentimes use the Bible in a foul way mm -hmm. to control the slaves. So a lot of blacks won't, a lot of blacks won't adhere to that. So when you come talking about Christ this, Christ that, that's the first thing that goes through an inmate or a convict's mind. He's like, okay, no, I'm not going that route. Yeah. Is, it a, is it considered a white man's religion? Yes. It is. So help me understand, because I, I uh, worked in Trenton for several years, and I had, uh, and it was back in the 70s, but I encountered a lot with the uh, black Muslims. Mm -hmm. And in, in one sense, and, and I'm asking you because you know, you're, you know, it's, it's all about you. You know, you've lived it. Um, but is the black Muslim, is it a forgazy religion? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, is it? like a fake 
um, fake religion. It's not Muslim. It's not Middle right, East it's, Muslim. It's more. It's a. It's mm -hmm. a. It's a knockoff. Um. Yeah. I want. I, I don't. I don't want to. See. I don't want to speak ill because there are some real ones. You know what I'm saying? Like some of those guys are serious about. And I've studied Islam for three years as far as studying it, just not partaking in it, but studying it. To me, Islam is beautiful until it gets to a certain part. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. But, but the these black guys, Muslim right. is, is like a sect, not necessarily. Are you, are, oh, okay, you're talking about the guys with bow ties. Or are you talking about the guys yeah, with beards? Yeah, a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, because it's, 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 it's two different types. What in jail okay. as, re as recruiting, like I would go in or you go in mm -hmm. as a representative of Christ, right? right? And the Bible. Right. These guys are going in and recruiting people to be Muslims, yeah. right? Um, usually these guys will go in and they're, when they're trying to get someone to come to Islam, they'll hit them with uh, what they call facts. Uh, they'll bring a bunch of literature and they're like, hey, this happened, this happened, this happened, do you believe, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but a lot of times, man, it, it's the militant mindedness. It's 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 a very um, inside. It's a very revolutionary ideology. It's a very revolutionary thing, and they allow you to be violent. They allow you to be, you know, a soldier. And coming from a soldier's, you know, respect is super important in bad neighborhoods or whatever. Because imagine like a a wild jungle, right? And if you don't have respect, but you're trying to eat, someone could come and take your food. But if you have respect, they won't. So a lot of times they try to take that mindset and the idea of God watching over them and it's like a protection. So it'll be like a warrior praying to a God. And they'll run with that when they come hit the street. Why didn't why didn't you become become a black Muslim? Because you I studied Islam. I'm not I'm I don't want to say I'm not dumb. I just I, I studied anything that I give myself to because when I joined that I didn't so I didn't know that in order to get in you had to kill someone. I didn't know that. And I live with that every day. Every day, I live with that. I know Christ comes in and he washes us clean. I know all that, man. I still cry. Because that guy had no idea what was coming to him, and I don't know what he did. I know he was wearing the colors of a wrong side, but I don't know what he did. So that that's why, man, I study everything. And once I got to a certain point in Islam, I was just like, this is not for me. What's up, man? How did you deal with you know, when you were in prison, right, maybe kind of at the top of the food chain, and then you came out in the work world, it's, it's diff totally That's different. hard. Like, how that, how's that, <coughs> how can that be better? And how do you deal with that? You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's, like I said, respect. You got to learn that respect means absolutely nothing out here. People are very rude when inside you get killed for cutting someone in line. You know what I'm saying? Like, guy that I, talk, I told you about, he took a guy's bowl out of the microwave because the guy wasn't there. Guy comes back, don't say anything, just go back and come back and kill him. Simple. You know, that's respect. You don't touch anybody's food. You know, so in the work world, um, it's very disrespectful. 
So you have to learn to swallow that. Bob's helping me with that. So. We good, guys? One last question, Tori. So, so uh, do you have a, a, a place right now where you're fellowshipping? And if so, I, what's that like? I, I go to like two different churches. One, Bob put me on uh, Restoration. I think you guys planted that. That's a cool church. I like that church. But uh, my favorite is uh, Bristol Hope Assembly in Bristol. Yeah, it's very, they're very young. Um, front line with the homeless and the drug addicts and the alcohol. So I like that. I like being around that environment. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Very cool. Very front Has anybody in your family come to Christ since you? Uh, as far as like bad side of family? No, I was thinking blood, blood relatives, cousins. Nah. No. No. Not that, not that I, I mean, well, I, I have cousins that are Christians, but as far as coming from the bad side to Christ, I haven't, okay. I haven't seen anybody yet. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. How old were you when you went into prison? How old were you when you came out? And tell us a little more about that meeting with the preacher at Dunkin' Donuts that ultimately led to your conversion. Um, when I went in, I was 17, about to be 18. Uh, I spent years in there. I came out at 27. Uh, 10 years. Wow. I never really looked at the number. But, uh, yeah, so I was young. I was a kid. Yeah. I yeah. uh, basically grew up in there. That's where I learned how to be a man, right? Um, those rules do not apply to this <laughs> They don't apply. But uh, in Dunkin' Donuts, the guy's name is Ramon Johnson. He's a pastor actually at Bristol Hope, and uh, he he's an assistant pastor, and he's like he used to be a homosexual actually. It was kind of interesting, cause he dresses very fancy, like you know, hip hop fancy, mm -hmm. and he's like standing in line, he's looking at me, and I'm like, yo, what you looking at? You know, I'm fresh out. Like, what exactly are you looking at? You know what I mean? And, uh, and in prison, you don't stare at somebody oh, like no, that. So no. you were still a two Unless you know him, If you know him, the, and even outside of prison, like in, wow. in those bad neighborhoods, you might get three seconds wow. stare. Uh, if you're in a bad neighborhood, you see a group of guys or you see a guy, you probably can stare for three seconds to see if you know him, then should probably look away. Uh, I don't know about white people, though. I think you guys get longer. <laughs> you know, that's just a mind thing. You know, they're like, oh, this guy's not from another. I'm Asian. That's what I'm saying. You might, you might get longer, but uh, yeah, he's looking at me, and I'm just like, yo, what are you looking at, man? We got a problem? You know, he's like, nah. He's like, man, God wants me to pray for you. It was just crazy, man. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I tried everything else. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, uh, he prayed for me, and, and a job that I had got denied for actually called me uh, following day or whatever. Not called me, I'm sorry. Literally called me, but not on the phone. Like, I'm walking to go and find a job. And he's like, hey, man, come here. I was walking by the establishment. He's like, come here, man. I'll talk to you. You still need that job? I'm like, yeah. He's like, start Monday. You know, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. It was good stuff. But uh, yeah, his name's Ramon Johnson. He's uh, assistant pastor over there. Great guy. That's great. Great guy. That's great. Great guy. That's it, guys. All right, man. Love great. you guys.
I, I think you caught it, but all of that art is his art. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's done that himself, and he's looking to hopefully uh, you know, fold into that in, in the awesome. course of time to be able to use that as his, as his, his way of living. But uh, it's fantastic, and uh, it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all real. Thanks, I appreciate you. So, th thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. And you may have other questions for Tori later. Tori, Tori Hill, it's a famous name. You'll see it in the comic strip. <laughs> see it in the comic she strips the at the end. Suit. Tori Hill. Yeah. So uh, that's her, that's his passion. That's his passion. So, where are you working right now? Uh, table packaging. I make boxes. Makes boxes at table packaging. Yeah, I'm a printer. Prints. Okay. So let's all stand. Let's pray for Tori. Let's pray for our church. Father, we have uh, we we've really heard, Lord, um, a lot of truth here today that that speaks to us about taking our faith and making it real, and and telling somebody else about it, loving on other guys, loving on other people, so that they can see the love of Christ in us. Whether it's the the preacher at the Dunkin' Donuts, or whether it's a uh, us, Lord, going to uh, our neighborhood, uh, going to work. I pray, Father, that they will see Jesus in us. I pray, Lord, that, that our stairs will be one of love, one of concern, and one of hope. Because we are the hope of the world. It is Christ in us. It's Jesus in us, living himself out through us. And I pray, Father, that we might become more even a church, Lord. As we pray for our, 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 our neighbors, our friends, our and even those, Lord, who we don't know in the hood, in Trenton, who have no, no hope, that, Father, we might bring hope to them some way, somehow, as a church, as individuals. Thank you, Lord, for the relationship that Bob has with Tori that he's been able to develop over the course of time. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the men's retreat and how powerful that is, Lord, in some people's lives. Obviously, it isn't Tori's. And we just, I just thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, for the letter, letter that he wrote to, to all the guys that came to, to, the, to the retreat because it was from the heart. I just pray, Lord, you'll, you'll bless him real good. I pray, Father, that you would enable him and allow him to use his passion for art, Lord, as something that he can, he can uh, uh, make as part of his living. I pray, Father, that you would give him some breaks even as you have continued to. And it's all because of you, Lord. It's all the coincidences that you bring together in the course of our lives to make us who we are. And it's all by your design. So I just pray you'll do that for Tori as you do it for all of us. And we just trust you, Lord, to do that and to the glory of God. Thank you, Father, for today, for this morning. Thank you for Tori. In Christ's name, amen. amen.